On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are heading back to the 90s with Sexy Beast on Paramount+, Plus, jumping into some volatile situations with Vicky McClure in Series 2 of Trigger Point on ITV, and getting entrepreneurial tips from a notorious cartel boss in Griselda on Netflix. Plus, Lulu Wang stops by the show to discuss her new show, Expats, on Prime. I'm James Dyer. And welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that would like to spare a thought for a grave miscarriage of justice. And no, we are not referring to Mr. Bates versus the post office again, but rather justice for better call Saul, hashtag justice for better call Saul, which made history this week. It uh, it set a record for having the most Emmy nominations, 53, without a single win, without a single win. Wow, an extraordinary snub there for one of the all-time greats. But before we get into all things Emmys, I should introduce my two co-hosts. <laughs> Boyd Ready! Wow. <laughs> Kate, you really built up Ready! To that. Oh my god. Oh yeah, we're ready, James. Glad yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Did you watch it this weekend? Of course I fucking didn't. <laughs> of course I fucking didn't. <laughs> There was still there was still breath in my lungs and strength in my limbs, so no, I didn't watch Gladiators. And pomposity in your (laughs) and pomposity in my head. (laughs) No, I didn't watch it. Though I hear it was very good. It was a lot of fun. It was excellent. Yeah. yeah. Did they did they knock each other off the poles with the Q-tips? They did. Yeah, they did that. The um the what are they called? Those things. The pugils. Pugil sticks. That's mm. it. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous <laughs> knife. Um yeah, it was a huge huge amounts of is fun. Is there is there like a new wolf and a new jet yeah. and a new Spartan? All of those things. Yes, there's very much a wolf character. He's called a uh, Viper. Oh, so they have new names. They haven't yeah, they have new, dusted new off the old, names. old No, 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 no. But no, he's no. very much All got new. the personality of Right. So he's a bit grumpy, mm. a little bit mildly. Yeah, aggro. Yeah. Agro Bob. I interviewed them all. Did you? Yes. For this? What, for Heat? No, for my friend's sport, culture, and um, style magazine, Circle Zero Eight, and a high-end, by the way. And we did a feature on, on Gladiators, the first one, really. And I, I interviewed, like, not there, I think there are 18 in total, maybe 16 or 18. I interviewed 12 of them well, I mean, in a series what of... What questions did you well, ask them? I will tell you. <laughs> but I interviewed them in a series of entertaining Zoom, uh, multiple Zoom meetings. Oh, right. So I did, like, three at a time or yeah. four at a time. That's a nightmare to transcribe. It was, it was absolute... F- a king nightmare to transcribe. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I really earned my earned my money for that, I tell you. What did I ask him? A lot of stuff about, you know, why a lot of, a lot of them remember the, the original show yeah. or their parents loved the original show. And so the, the kind of origin story of them and how they got involved in the show and, you know, that kind of fairly basic stuff. And, and they're all like, a lot of them are like Olympians and, you know, they have some amazing stories. One of them... Was like in a bobsleigh team at the Olympics. Cool running, yeah, very cool running. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And a lot. Some of them are really massively cocky. The men, as really? you'd expect. There's one guy, and do you remember which one? I can't remember the name of him. You know the legend. guy. Le- I think he's legend. Mm. Yeah, he's just in like basically like in shorts and a. They're all wearing lycra, like huge. He's basically wearing lycra and shorts and a and a tank top. That's well, his on, costume on the on the call. <laughs> no, 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 they were in normal clothes. On wow, the call, most of them anyway. But he's so like cocky about himself and his body, and he's yeah, like, people are going to love me. He's like talking about you know everything. I was like, what's your best best asset? Is like everything you know. Are they oh, yeah. in character? Like, is it like kayfabe? A lot of them are. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Okay. I'd say the men notably more than the women. The women seem more chillaxed about the whole thing. I'm just very happy to be there. But yeah, I literally. So yeah, I, anything you want to know about the gladiators? Well, at least twelve of them. <laughs> I can tell you. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, that's what I do in my spare time, James. 
Well, now that we've got the gladiators <laughs> chat out of the way, shall we talk all things Emmys? Yes. This is a this is a new like menu item. Is this like any other business? Order. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is yeah, AOB. This is, this is this AOB. Is news, though. Yeah, it is. That's kind of why he's doing this. But we're bringing, we're bringing it up top. We're bringing he's it up had a lot of caffeine and sugar today. Yeah. Yeah. We've had to wait. We've had to wait a fair few days because obviously the Emmys happened at the beginning of last week. You know, it's been a, it's a week. It's been a week on. Yeah. So I feel like we should get it out of the way, lest lest we feel like we're um you know behind the conversation. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, so you're right. Better Call Saul was robbed. That's my top talking point. Yeah, I mean that that stat you read out it is incredible. I I I I kind of predicted it though. I thought 50. I didn't think. It, Three. I didn't think it was going to win much. I saw, I remember, I read, I always read the, you know, the predictions, like Variety, you yeah. know, and Hollywood reports do have their experts predicting who's going to win. And I think Variety predicted that Bob Odenkirk would win Best Actor. And I was like, he will not. Not no. up against those Succession guys. And he didn't, sure enough, no. Succession. And interestingly, Kieran Culkin won the lead actor, which I thought was was fascinating. Not Brian, Brian Cox or, mm. or, you know. Uh, yeah, so, but he did, he did. But the, I, I knew he wasn't going to win. I knew she wasn't going to win. Well, okay, so here's a question I have for you. How much of it do you think is because, you know, the unassailable beast that was Succession yeah, was there. And how much of it is the fact that Better Call Saul feels like 100 years ago? Like, it just, it feels Both. so Both. long ago. Like, oh, is that this year? Yeah. Really? Oh, I said that like, last year as well. Yeah. Because I was worried about that. Because it always that, happens, yeah. doesn't it's, it? By the time yeah. the Emmys come around, Better Call Saul's been out for so long. 100%, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, even longer, because this is always delayed. These these Emmys delayed after because of the strike. Yeah, so, that's right. But we did talk about this when they got snubbed last time. Mm. Oh, no, it'll be next year. It'll be mm, for the final yeah. season. They'll finally get the recognition yeah. they deserve. No. But their final season comes at the same time as Succession's final season. Yeah, it's a shame. It is it's a, a shame. shame. Yeah. On the plus side, uh, Elton John got an oh, Emmy. Oh, yeah. And he's an EGOT. EGOT. Mm. And um, the person who won that, as well as Elton John, is my friend Ben Winston. Uh, who, what? Yeah, Ben won the... Uh, didn't you see him? Didn't you see Ben Winston wielding the Emmy for this show? He produced the oh, show. Oh, I thought he got... We just thought he'd stolen it. No, Ben Winston won this Emmy, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he produced the show and he for Elton. And Elton thanked him specifically in various um, posts. Ben is unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely extraordinary. This is the guy... He used to do... He was doing, like, work experience on Skins, like, 25 <laughs> years ago. I met him on set. We hung out at the Edinburgh TV Festival. He's now literally are you, are ruling you the world. Are you claiming to have made Ben? He's no, he made himself. He's literally <laughs> ruling the world of TV, winning Emmys left, right, and centre. And I'm still doing the same thing I did 25 years and ago. And he supports ah. Arsenal. But did he talk to 12 gladiators? No, no, he, no did he did not. not. James, you've got boys Too back. Right, yeah. Too That's right. right. <laughs> anyway, cling on to that. And we've got a friend of the pod one as well, though, Mark Mylod, who we've had on twice, we the director. Have, yes. Of uh, lead director succession one, outstanding director for drama series. Very yep. pleased for him. Lovely guy. Jennifer Coolidge. Earth. Yes. Recognised. I mean, she's one of the few non-succession winners mm. in, in, in all the other Along with... Um, she thanked the evil gays. Yeah. yeah. That was Very a great funny. reference. Um, Quinta Brunson. Yes. For Abbott Elementary, which, as you know, I love. I was happy about that. Yeah. Did you hear that Daniel Radcliffe wants to do a rom-com yes. with her? Yes. Because what? they are of a height. Yeah. <gasps> Is that what he said? Yeah. Someone's got saw there, haven't they? <laughs> Basically, the big winners were either with a bare succession beef. and beef in their mm. different the categories, weren't they? But they pretty much kind of almost shed out all of those um, things, apart from the odd like supporting actress or something. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. drama series succession, I think, was always going to win that, even though The Last of Us is obviously the best thing in there. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lame yeah. interjection. So, so comedy series. Obviously, we go in the comedy series. The Bear one. Yeah. Now series. we should just say though. I don't want to. This could. I could go. Don't slag the bear. No, 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 no. It's just not a comedy. 
is it? It's just not now a comedy. No, I mean, but, I mean like, are you going to tell me that no, the, it's not. the central episode, the fishes and, and the, the, yeah. the forks rather, throwing the forks, it, that is not it's a, a drama. comedy. It's the a whole show is a drama. Tense. But basically, if it's it an... goes in the drama category, it's never going to win against Succession. She's not wrong. I know, but it's just madness. Yeah, just... I agree with that. I don't think you should be able to pick and choose genre based on preference. I'm, I'm, I'm like, happy you know, for that. Like, if it's like in podcasts, if we were going for an award and we could yeah. win our category, I'd be like, fuck it. It's let's like go when the Golden Globes, who are, as we've mentioned, batshit, put in the Martian for comedy. And it's just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Yes, yeah. there's a joke in it, but calm down. Uh, it's crazy. But interestingly, also in comedy series, Jury Duty is in comedy series. Now, some people refer to that as a comedy and some people refer to it as a reality show. Mm. Yeah, and well, it's like, yeah. it is kind of both of those things. Yes. It? It's a scripted comedy and yes. it's a reality Did show. Did you yes. watch it? No. Because it's because it's it at is. least fifty percent reality show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, yeah. You've, he's ruled that out. <laughs> so that's completely out. But that has yeah. more comedy in it, arguably, than the bear. Certainly oh, the God, bear yeah, yeah. Too. And the bear has some has some funny bits in it, but it is not a comedy. It's no. not mm. primarily run for laughs. There aren't that many laughs in it. No. It's, it's a drama with comedy elements. Yeah. So is the West Wing, and that was never up so for West succession. comedy. Hundred percent. Succession, succession is more a comedy exactly. than the bear, and it is. Honestly, it is. Succession is going for bigger laughs than the yes. bear. Is my contention. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I if agree Succession with you. was in half hour chunks, right? Unlike the bear. So we've we've established that the Emmys are bullshit. That's, that's good. <laughs> basically. Uh, lead actress in the drama, Sarah Snook for Succession. Great speech. Very very good. Lead actor in a drama. Uh, Pedro Pascal for the last one. Oh, no, that's right. He was robbed. It was Kieran Culkin for succession. <laughs> Kieran was great last season, though. Uh, yes, and everyone does say does mm. say that Roman was the MVP, so that's good. Uh, limited or anthology series Beef, as we've mentioned, which was very, very good indeed. Obi-Wan Kenobi was nominated for that, which is what? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Lead actress in limited or anthology Ali Wong for Beef and Stephen Yun for Beef, also in the country for actor. Directing for drama series Mike Mylod, Succession... Blackbird won Supporting Actor in yes. the Mitter Anthology series. Again, one of the very few... Yeah, yeah, in, yeah Paul Waterhauser. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, one of the few non-beef winners in that uh, category. Yeah. And he is brilliant in that. Absolutely brilliant. Trevor Noah walked away with a talk series one. John Oliver walked away for a variety series one. Uh, very exciting. RuPaul walked away with one as well. Um, what else have we got? walking away, they've decided. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they weren't wheeled away. Well, they no. did legitimately walk away. <laughs> Sure, but I don't know. It's just funny. He's, he's trying to make it a thing. Let him Repeatedly go with it. Repeatedly walking away. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Is there anything else you would like to pull out? Is there anything that, that um, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story? So that, yeah, that one, uh, best, best supporting actress, yes, yes. Nisi Nash Betts. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah no, neither I don't do I. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I think you've covered most of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it is basically, think of the categories. It's either beef, mm, the mm, bear, exactly. or succession. Exactly. And that's basically the Which entire structure. Apart, from Jennifer, apart from Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Yeah. As, you, yeah. as you say, she gave the very And Quinta Brunson. And Quinta Brunson. But, <laughs> but everyone else, yeah. it's the bear. At least, at least it's beef, consistent. Or succession. You know? mm. And yeah. um, unlike the BAFTAs, which are batch, today's BAFTA film <laughs> came out. I know this is a TV podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started. But just to say, Andrew Scott. Absolutely robbed in a scandalous. Who can we who can we blame for that? KK, do you know anyone who's, who's yeah, like voting I mean, who who mm, like might be responsible for, no, for that? No, but I, don't know. I didn't get in the acting categories in BAFTA now in the in the BAFTA Film Awards. It's a jury and the acting chapters that vote on the nominations. Is it we like only jury get to vote for the winners? We only get to, I get to vote for the winner. Oh, so you don't get to the nominees? No, not in, no. Oh. It's interesting. It's very interesting. No, I think they need to re really look at this because I think it's gone wrong. I think it all started as an attempt, you know, to deal with issues of representation, mm. etc. 
is far, absolutely has to be dealt with. But I think it's something's gone weirdly wrong because the nominees are, are odd, I think, for, in the acting categories. And to for Andrew Scott, and the, the supporting actors in that film uh, are nominated, quite rightly, but for him to miss out, it's one of the most ludicrous things I've ever seen. In that, in the, he in feel, the awards do you know what? He feels very strongly about yeah. it. He, he does. Tweet, he did tweet yeah. about yeah. it. Bafta. Yeah, I did tweet Bafta. about it. But it's, it's coming for but you. But it's <laughs> interesting. So the, all, the actors vote on actors to get the nominations, and there's a jury as well. And they, I think they vote three each. Um, and, and for some reason, it's, it's gone horribly wrong. Anyway, I won't bang on about it because I'm sure you'll be addressing these very important facts in the Empire <laughs> Film Podcast. <laughs> yes, of course we will. Uh, well, it's the live show. Oh, it's the it? live show. Oh, I, live could, show. I could invade the stage and talk about it. You yeah. could. Yeah. Come up, boy. Come up. Storm if the I, stage. <laughs> Bring yeah. soft fruit. Start pelting. Games. Are you coming? Are you coming down? I mean, I haven't been invited, James. Officially, what? Come down. You we, get you. We, can, we can hook you up, boy. Oh, you James, can ask a question. James, poor form. What? Come on. Uh, an invite should have been extended a yeah, long time I mean, to go to Bordeaux. Of course, yeah. uh, uh, we're in, delivered in, in, on punishment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, we should move on to the traditional way that we start the podcast. <laughs> what we've been watching, Kay? What have you been watching this last seven day? Okay, I have been watching, and I'm just. I'm not going to give any kind of apology for it. I've been watching Traitors, James, and the only reason I know. why... Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about it because Wednesday's episode was so epic that I can't not talk Who's about Who's the it. baby-faced stealth assassin? Oh, um, that's, yeah, <laughs> Harry. Oh, Harry. you saw me tweet. I, I, I saw yeah, you yeah, tweet yeah. about the baby-faced stealth because assassin. Because last night's episode was so good. Oh, can I talk about it? Do you think people get annoyed about any spoilers? Wow. They will have seen well, it. Well, this won't go on. out. Bear in mind, this will go out on Monday. Yeah, I mean, come so on. So you're probably okay, fine. fine. But the spoiler warning, and then you just have to fast forward if you don't want to hear anything. Yeah, yeah. please fast forward if you a don't bit. want to hear Traitor's chat. Yeah, I mean, like, James. Fast yeah. forward, James I, is fast I'm already scared. He's already zoned out. He's mentally fast forwarded. Well, it was just basically, it had everything. Like, it was camp, it was high drama. Um, there was like betrayals. Oh, it was just so good. You know, my favourite funny verbal tick about the, the babyface assassin guy, mm. what's his name? Harry. Harry, who's a tra- traitor, one of the yeah. two shades left. Spoiler alert. Is that he keeps <laughs> referring to everyone as yourself and himself. So he goes, uh, the reason myself <laughs> voted for you, voted for yourself, was because himself. I was like, why is this weird? <laughs> Everything's self, this self, that. He's so weird. Anyway, that, that really tickles me. Every time he says, uh, the reason I voted for yourself. Yes, all right. But it was the best hour of reality TV that I've ever seen it in was. a long time. So, like, so it's hang on, get so you're saying this is better sure. than the first Series of the trade. Yes. Oh, this, yeah. this, oh this, this specifically is one episode. This specifically okay, just as well. One episode. Okay. No, all of it's great. The second season is great and possibly better than the first season. Th- but it was this one episode was so well done yeah. and had so many twists in it, and um, you couldn't predict how it was going to go. And there's a there's a woman called Diane who is like a legend. Yeah. Must become a dame. And um, <laughs> there was just like this. She she left the show, but in such a spectacular style. Do mm. do other tasks still an absolute shambles? The to- well, one of the reasons I think it's better because the tasks are better. I think okay, they've, re- they've rethought the tasks a lot, <laughs> and they're much better. And so the task in this episode that Kay's talking about was brilliant. It was really dark, like <laughs> yeah. a horror film. Well, like, well, like, they, well, like three of you run, it was four of you get rifles. Twenty no, minute head start. They were marched into like a funeral march for the for the person who was going to be <laughs> murdered, and the person who was going to be murdered by the traitors in quotes we had to lie in a coffin. The three of these, the three candidates had to lie in coffins. Actual coffee. How did they in know they were going to get murdered? With- they didn't know. So the three yeah, they, the three people didn't know. No. One of them. It's a I'm very complex. Okay. It's a complex. Just, it's quite complicated. No, no, no. I'm going to really formula quickly. point. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, no, wait. The end of the previous episode. Yes. Um, if someone drank out of a specific goblet, they had died, but they didn't realise. 
right? But they were handed the traitor it by gave the, them tra- a goblet. the traitors had to poison someone and kill that. That in in full view of everyone there, and by Fire giving a them a, a goblet, a particular goblet of drink, and and so they. And, and so they, the reason the person was poisoned in quotes, Diane, but didn't know it, and did, she didn't know it was her. And then they said, three of you have been poisoned or something." Um, they were all candidates to be poisoned. They were right. candidates to be poisoned. They had this long they were funeral march. Down. The group was whittled down to three. <laughs> uh, one confusing. of them, they knew that one of them had been poisoned. There's three of them just walking along, didn't know which one of them was dead, a dead woman or man walking, and it was Diane. And do you know what, James? The biggest twist is that um, her son is in the competition. That no one knows about it. So her son was having to watch his mum being buried mm. alive. Yeah. <laughs> nice. In the coffin. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. So attended good. the funeral of his mother, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Lovely. Like a yeah. rehearsal, yeah. It, but it is to... So that was a task, and that task was much more engrossing and, you know, amazing and weird and freaky and, like, horrific mm. than... Than anything in the last series, really. It was a gothic was. thrilling it was, moment. Yeah, it was, and they, they've had other titles that'd be much better. So I think they know that was one of the weak, the, one of the few weaknesses of series one. I think were the titles generally. Yes. And oh, I everyone think acknowledges it. This time, so much better, and they all seem to be giving much more time. The roundtable was like start halfway through the show, mm. like literally half an hour practically. If, you know, the roundtable, which is where they decide who they're going to vote off basically they're going to get rid of it's so good but it is I see it's in all seriousness I know I'm not saying this is going to persuade you to change the way you think about Essex but there is a real art to this show Mm. an absolute skill storytelling skill and brilliant con- 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 brilliant kind of conceptualized I like this idea of them poisoning someone in in full view of the of the others it was such a great idea and it had so many ramifications to it and you know and the idea of having a, a woman and a son in in there is really is, has turned out to be brilliant isn't it mm-hmm. things like that they're just great little kind of um ways of spicing up the whole thing and it's film it's film brilliant Claudia's amazing you oh, know she is just Claudia, relishing like, absolutely, her role. yeah relishing the whole this fake funeral thing <laughs> you know wearing a veil and yeah. it, the whole, so the yeah Grim Reaper, if it's, you will. it's just brilliantly done. In, in this genre, it is the Rolls Royce of. Do you know how many people TV. have tweeted me and said, "Oh, go on, get James to watch it. He'll really love <laughs> yeah. it." And I'm like, "Listen, he's a close-minded." Yeah. No. Beep. To be fair, like you, you had me watch the first episode of the first series of The Traitors on Pilot Plus, right. and I thought it was really good. Yeah, I so, genuinely right. thought it was very good. Yeah, and and I did say, and again, I do genuinely think if I did not have so much stuff to watch, what rewatch or rewatch, yeah, or stuff <laughs> that I want to watch, so much stuff you just want. To I mean, watch. look, I watched. <laughs> Five episodes of The West Wing this week, this week I think. Five oh, episodes James, of The West Wing. No, 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 but, no but, I'm not. Yeah. If I didn't have no. vital things no. like The West no. Wing to watch, every no, time, no, no. I would you know watch what? this. I'm not saying you have to watch Traitors. <laughs> I am saying you have to have an open mind. And anytime you talk about rewatching something now, it's a comfort watch. It's something. It's an illness, yeah. as Boyd says. Um, anyway, so the second thing I've been watching is um, My Life with the Walter Boys on Netflix. It's a teen drama. Um, My Life with the Walter Boys? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh, no, I thought I'd make it up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's called that. I'm not saying it's a good title name, but yeah. It's about a young girl whose parents, um, whose family died tragically, and she has to go live with her guardians who have, I think it's like 10 sons or something. Um, the Walter Boys. Yeah. Mm. And um, there's a couple of the brothers that are, are vying for her affections. Yeah. So it's like YA. Yeah. But I, I found it quite enjoyable. It's an easy watch, and... Um, I got quite into it, so I've watched five episodes of that. Didn't know about that. 
Are you, you doing sure now? it's on Netflix? Oh, yeah, Netflix. Netflix, Netflix. Oh, God, I got who you just I just haven't then. seen it. You know when you see stuff go by, although I, have, I did have had trouble with my Netflix account, people. <laughs> um, I forgot my PIN number, <laughs> which has just been ruined my life today. Um, Boyd has been banned from Netflix. Yeah, I've been banned from Netflix. Oh, interesting, yeah. I'll check it out. Is it, but it's worth checking out, is it? Yeah, it's, it, I think it's quite a, it's a decent team drama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think you'd necessarily get into oh, it, okay, but yeah. Okay. I mean, James loves a teen drama. I do love way. a teen drama, it's true. But he's he's got the West Wing to finish. <laughs> that's true. Urgently. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's true. What have I'm, you been watching, James? Uh, other than the West Wing. Yes. Mm. Uh, yes. No, so I watched the West Wing on Monday. So what was Monday? Last Monday. Uh, Martin Luther King Day. Yes. Yes, Boydie. Because it was Martin Luther King Day, <laughs> I watched the West Wing. No, Monday was Blue Monday. It was the third uh, Monday in January. Uh, it, is, yeah. it is statistically, well, mathematically the most depressing yes. day of the year. And, yeah. like, and I was having a really shitty Monday. And I was so excited when I found out about Blue Monday, which I'd never heard of. I mean, you're the um, only person yeah. who's ever said yeah, that. But I had, no, because I suddenly had something to hook it on. I was like, oh, there's a reason why this is such an awful day. But because it was having, I was having a dreadful day, I watched a lot of the West Wing to kind of uh, pick me up. So that's uh, that's what I did on Blue Monday. I watched a lot of the West Wing. So, wait a minute. If you hadn't have found out that Blue Monday is a thing, yeah. would you have actually watched any episodes of the West Wing? Yes. Yes, oh, okay. I, I was just, I was sort of managing my mood. Right. You had your own Blue Monday, which but you I, hadn't been defined as such. But but then I someone I got, I got had a label for it, didn't I? Yeah, it was yeah. Blue Monday, brilliant. Yeah. I've got an excuse. Most okay. people want to avoid labels. James need the <laughs> yeah, labels. I need the labels. Give <laughs> yeah. me all your labels. Yeah. Uh, so that was I finished watching The Walking Dead: Dead City, which I have <laughs> yeah. to say picked up. I was interested in the Negan character work. I'm not going to go into any details because oh, A will be reviewing it at some thing, point. It? Yes, yes. Uh, and it's not out in the UK yet. But uh, yes, I I I was. I was there for the Negan character work. There's some very interesting stuff in there. Okay. Um, and the other thing I did was I watched the rest of and finished Criminal Record on Apple. Oh, uh, was it good? Which is very good. And obviously, uh, it's a bit twatty of me because obviously it has an air for everyone else and people people can't watch the rest We're of it. They can't it. binge it. But fair enough. Uh, but it is very much worth sticking through to the end. I uh, really it, enjoyed it. It's only six episodes, isn't it? It is, is eight right? episodes. Oh, are you sure? Yes. Okay. I keep it's asking if they're sure. I don't know why I'm doubting everyone. <laughs> I know, like when <laughs> Netflix yeah. 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 No, it's eight. It's eight, eight episodes okay. and it's really good. Okay. So, yes, I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, I really want to see the rest of that, yeah. Yeah, me too. I couldn't watch the rest of that because I had to watch... I'm catching up with the For All Mankind because I'm in a race against time, <laughs> listeners, to do the a Pilot Space Plus. <laughs> to do the Pilot Plus, which we're recording tomorrow, Friday. The spoiler special. Spoiler special. James isn't doing it. It's too lazy because he's watching <laughs> fucking every episode of the West Wing. Do you know what? You really have stitched, it's Boyd up. incredible. <laughs> you really have. Yeah, it's incredible. I he's am, refusing to I watch am any. like 20 episodes behind oh. those. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, you know... And I'm, also, listen, how could he possibly find the time when he's too busy watching the West Wing? It is true. Yeah. Although some people have been trying to get me to speed up by saying that there's an online, and this is true, there is an online conspiracy theory, sort of fan theory, that For All Mankind is a prequel to The Expanse. This is absolutely true. Oh people God. are talking about it because they were talking about mining in the belt, in like the asteroid belt, and they said oh, this is yeah. this is an origin yeah. story for The Expanse. Oh, yeah, there are similarities, and they're trying to get me to watch it Amazing. because it's part of The Expanse. What's that other show you're obsessed with that we always make fun about you for? I'm not general. sure you've narrowed it down that much. The, with the puppets and everything. With the puppets? Yeah. You know... Sesame Street. No. The no. Oh, Farscape. Farscape. Yeah, you know what's, the, what's happening with Farscape? I meant to say this, um, I think, last week. I, f I found this out. They're, they're putting it all on ITVX. 
Oh, are they? Yeah, all of Farscape is going on to IGN. Why would you tell him that? Wow. Yeah, there was an actual email about it. I sense a rewatch. We have no chance from ever watching anything new again now. James insisted before back in the day, in the early days of this podcast, where Terry was doing it, Terry White, of legendary Empire, who he forced Terry to watch an episode of this. I'm not watching fucking Fire Escape. And it's literally got Muppets in it. Yeah, it has got. It's Henson. It's a Henson thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, so that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I meant to tell you that. So what else have you been watching, though? Well, so yeah, for all mankind, <laughs> I've nearly nearly finished in time for the podcast record tomorrow. Um, I hosted uh, <laughs> drink it if you're doing the drinking game. I have hosted a Q and A this week, last <laughs> night, in fact. For here we go, which is one of those shows which is really really good, but because it's a half hour, fairly mainstream comedy, James won't let us review it. <laughs> so I might as well mention it now. Um, I think it starts on the first of February ish, something like that. Um, and it's brilliant. Series two. You had a good lineup of uh, panelists, didn't you? Great lineup of panelists. The whole cast basically. It's Tom Basden, who you who's in Afterlife with Ricky Gervais, and the brother-in-law. Um, the brother-in-law, and he wrote, writes, and uh, produces, and stars in um, "Here We Go," which is about this family, this fairly dysfunctional family. Alison Stebman's in it. Um, Catherine Parkinson's in it. Uh, Jude Coddy plays the son. Who, so the, the conceit of the whole show is that it's all being filmed by the son, the teenage son, and he's so he's filming it on his camcorder. It's actually, you know, it's and he's cap, he's making a documentary about his own family. So every single thing is filmed by him. It's quite clever, um, and then he also messes around with time quite a lot. So he'll start in the present day and flashback, and a lot of kind of story points are are um, established in the flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff. It's really clever and funny. He's brilliantly talented and, I, and he's really stepped it up this season. Second season's even fu- a lot funnier than the first. Catherine Parkinson has an amazing set piece where she gets drunk with some students. She's a mature student and she gets drunk with some young students in the house and it's fucking hilarious, honestly. So, what yeah. channel? BBC One, Friday the 2nd of February, 8 o'clock. Here we go. That that was brilliant. So I had to watch, you know, various episodes of that. Um, I finished Big Boys. Did you? Oh, yes. don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. I went to, well, I'll just tell you. I, I'll say that episode six is as a lot of not just I'm saying it, but a lot of people Everyone's are saying, saying it. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's all about Shannon having a baby, and so it's kind of like there's a certain amount of tension there, but it's really funny. There's really funny um, uh, uh, medical characters in there um, who are just like having their own whale of a time rather than <laughs> taking seriously the fact that this poor woman's about to go in, is going into labour. Um, and then there's kind of all stuff going on about the, the main characters' uh, lives as well. But it's just brilliantly done. Um, and I won't say any more on that because I'm still, I'll end up spoiling oh, it. I really want to watch it, but equally I'm kind of slowing down because I don't want it to be over. And there's an episode, um, which I think James will particularly like, where they do work experience. And um, John Poiting's character goes to a lads mag uh, an online lads mag, in fact. But it's it's edited by this absolute brilliant coked up bellend of a character who is brilliant the observation of him is fantastic <laughs> not very and realistic staff, then <laughs> well I mean it's it's totally realistic yeah um, and this, his staff of like you know underlings are and there's one woman working there and it's it's just brilliantly handled so yeah that whole thing and um, Llewellyn's character he goes to the radio station and helps out with the radio oh. and, the, and the, the DJ woman is really funny as well so like when they take it out when they bring new characters in they they do it so cleverly they cast so brilliantly mm. in that. And, and yeah the, whoever the guy is who plays 
plays the lads mag editor it, it deserves the best supporting actor all can so I just good. say another thing I'm just going to bring it back to the traces very quickly because oh, okay. Jack Rook uh, was tweeting about traces because he loves it and you know Diane who I mentioned who's just like this formidable um, woman he was saying if uh, if she does go out of the series which she did she he wants to cast her in the third series if they get one as an <laughs> exam invigilator to teach in real life so fingers crossed for that I think that's it and that's it I don't, know if I, talk, I don't know if I can talk about the fact that I've watched Kirby Enthusiasm. <gasps> well, you've just done it. I know, but I'm okay. to tell. No, it's in. It's on the record. It's out there. <laughs> it's too late. That. It's too late. Yeah. Coming well, soon. Coming soon, indeed. Uh, right, fine. Shall we have this week's listener question, Kay? Yes, we shall. Okay, this one comes from the Rebel MC, who's at, at MCMCMC. I feel like I read that out last week. Did I? Mm. That sounds familiar. Anyway, they want to know, if you know a show is going to be a large number of seasons, four or more, and the fact that not many shows appear annually these days, brackets, 18 months to two years between seasons seems to be the norm, does it put you off from watching and why the long wait between seasons? And they continue and said, when I read Yellow Jackets was going to be five seasons, my heart sank, same as when I saw The Last of Us second game would be two or possibly three seasons. And when you have a nearly two-year gap between seasons, who can remember what happened? We don't always get a two-year gap between seasons. The Last of Us was a victim of the writer's strike uh, and also the actor's strike, let's not forget. So production was delayed. Otherwise, we would have got season two of The Last of Us, I would have thought, this year. As it happens, we're going to get it next year. So... um, so yeah, so sometimes you can't foresee these things. Um, but yeah, you're right. Not all shows are annual. Some of them do take a while to come back. Does it put like me Mrs. off? Like Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, like Mrs. Maisel, yes. Uh, does it put me off? No, because I guess I don't really think about it in the moment. Um, I don't immediately, like when I'm watching it, all I think about is, this is brilliant. And then when it finishes, I'm like, oh. <laughs> do you know what? I actually thought you would get fixated on that. No, I don't get fixated on that at all. Um you know, I don't get me wrong. I want all of it now, uh, but I, I don't. So, so with book series, sometimes if it's a series of books, I will sometimes wait for the series to be finished mm. before starting it, or at least until the final one is written and going to come out at a certain date. Because otherwise, you get into a George R R Martin situation that nobody wants. But, uh, but I don't do that really with TV shows. I am the same then. So I don't like get wound up if I know there's going to be a long wait in between series, even if I get really into it, because yeah. I just enjoy it, as you say, yeah. in the moment. However, the thing that I lose my shit about is slow horses when you know it's been filmed yeah, and, and we're just having to, to wait. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes me angry. Yeah, that's upsetting. But just because I'm just so desperate to see it. But yeah, yeah ordinarily not. What about you, Boydo? Well, first of all, the reason it happens, and it does happen more and more, is is just because you're effectively now making, you know, movers you're making you know like stranger things is the obvious example right it started in 2016 and they're only now starting to finish the next series um eight years on yeah. which is the fifth series there was a there was a two and a half three year gap at one point i think between stranger things series three and four yeah july 2019 series three may 2022 series four and um, it's just such an ambitious show. Uh, I don't think they can. I don't think they could possibly physically and mentally create all that stuff, all that amazing Stranger Thingsy stuff, if it was an annual show. And it's particularly difficult for them because they're yeah. working or were working with kids. They're right. not anymore. Well, I mean, um, somehow they have to deal with that. Yeah. So that's yeah. The, the, the kids will be. I think. They, I think they're lucky in that. Quite a lot of those kids are quite baby faced, even though they're now in their late twenties or whatever, yeah. early first. Some of them, um, but they just have to deal with that. But yeah, it's that that is a, a classic example, I think, of a of a show whereby you can't hurry it because it's so yeah. ambitious, and every it's like episode succession. is a film. 
Yeah, I mean, Succession, there wasn't that long a bigger gap. Was, I think it was, Succession was generally like 18 months between series. That feels but a yeah. long time, oh, yeah. but, but I would say, but again, Succession, every episode of Succession is a massive undertaking, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know. So it's, it's, it's it, but it has spun off into, like, here we go. The second series of that, which, which I mentioned um, in the What We've Been Watching section that I hosted <laughs> last night. I think it's two years since that first series. You know, and that's just like one, Tom writes it all himself, you know. So I'm not, you know, it's even then, it is, so I would say it's increasingly rare for a show to have an annual series pretty much a year on each time. It is becoming increasingly rare. So it's a good question. It's a good point. And I think it does, it does, I don't know, it makes you think about things. It doesn't bother me either. Apart from, as you say, you know, when you're waiting for something to arrive, Mm. there's often a massive delay in um, particularly terrestrial um, dramas for some reason. Like you'll know that something was finished like, a year ago and still hasn't been put on air. Well, Sherlock used to have massive gaps yeah. between seasons, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's just, you know, you yeah. do you get kind of used to it. I think you live in the moment, you love it while you're watching it, yeah. and when it's finished, you just mourn it until it comes back. Um, so and no, rewatch stuff. And rewatch stuff in the meantime. But I, I, one thing I will do, though, is if a show is great, and I know it's been cancelled, nine times out of ten, I won't even start it. Like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, if it's like, if it doesn't, I, sometimes if it ends, if it does get a proper ending, regardless, I will do. So Counterpart being a great example. Counterpart is fantastic. It's one of my favourite shows. Uh, J.K. Simmons is wonderful. That did get cancelled, but it's two seasons and it does have a proper ending. So you're like, okay, great. You know, that's fine. But, not always. You just case. reminded me about Julia being cancelled. I'm still so angry about that. Yeah. There used to be that channel, didn't there? Fox. Fox had a channel <laughs> called Fox, you know, and, and the right. British or European yeah. version of Fox was literally every single show yeah. they show was stuff that's been yeah. cancelled. Because they picked them up cheap. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally. And I, this is the thing that used to drive me mad. We And Sky used to do this sometimes. They make a massive deal. I remember mm. there was a TV show called The Circle, which is about witches. And they were like, the new show, the hottest import from the States. Only. On. It's like, literally, it was cancelled six months ago. What are you talking about? And it's like, they're making such a meal out of this show it's like you will never know how this show ends ever whereas now they put a huge amount of effort into the marketing and publicity for shows that have been cancelled and now we don't get any marketing or publicity at all for shows that are going to be brilliant that take ages <laughs> to arrive like feuds the Truman Capote thing which should be on Disney Plus at the end of this month but I don't know if it is okay well remember about your blood pressure yeah <sighs> yeah so good question Rebel MC yeah, it's a very good question. Good. Well, that was our listener question. If you would like your question answered on the Pilot TV podcast, do send them in to, I was going to say me. No, send them to Kay, for she is the postmistress of the Pilot TV podcast. Uh, Kay, how do you like your messages? How do you like to receive them? Um, On Twitter, on to Twitter. me or to Pilot. And then I also go onto Instagram and then James um, curates them from the subreddit. Yes, sometimes. Well, listen, this is on James. This I have delegated this job. Right, okay. Right? If I see good ones on the subreddit, I will my... give them to you. Uh, but you like them sent to you on Twitter or sent to Pilot TV Pod on Twitter or Instagram, correct? Yeah, yes. correct. Excellent. Let us have a guest. Specifically this week's guest, which is none other than Lulu Wang, the writer and director, best known for films like The Farewell. Uh, but she's on the small screen this week with her new show, Expats, which stars Nicole Kidman and a load of other great people in a story of the lives of a group of, well, expats uh, living in Hong Kong. We sent the owner of the finest head of hair in all of Christendom, Empire's John Nugent, to talk to Lulu. And this is what happened. So congratulations on Expats. Uh, it's such a wonderful TV show. Um, I guess, first of all, how does it feel just to be showing it to the world now? You've finally showing it to people. Yeah, um, it feels um, like a relief. You know, it's been such a long process and I'm just glad that people are, that it exists and that I finished and that people <laughs> can watch it. Yeah. 
I mean, am I right in thinking uh, Nicole Kidman approached you for, for, for to direct the whole piece? Yeah, well, she initially approached just to direct maybe the pilot. She she wasn't she didn't have really any expectations. Um, but once um, we started talking about it, that's when you know I decided that I would direct all of them, um, mostly just because I don't know how to do anything else. Like I've only made films, and yeah. so I just kind of knew that I could make another film even if it was six and a half hours or however long but that i but that ultimately um i I could shoot it like a film yeah what was what was that first phone call like when you first spoke to nicole um uh, quite intimidating and i think that you know uh, I was kind of raised to have skepticism around everything. And so I was quite skeptical about it and um, just didn't think it would amount to anything. I thought, oh, okay, you know, this is what happens. The movie's doing well. So all these people are calling. That's cool. But in what world am I going to make something with Nicole Kidman? <laughs> we come from such different um lives, you know, experiences and backgrounds. Um, and then, you know, we ended up having dinner and, um, and talked, you know, more in depth about the book and, um, and she was incredibly supportive of my vision of it. It's amazing. Yeah. What kind of like collaborator was she? Cause she's an actor and a producer on this, right? Yeah. And she really, um, you know, it was great to see her exercise um, her different skill sets in different parts of the process. Like in pre-production, um, she was reading drafts and really advocating for my vision in the drafts and always wanting to make sure that um, what we were making was something that I really believed in. And and then during production, she became really much more of an actor, just an actor. And I only say just because she emphasize that she couldn't do both like she needed to let relinquish control right and so much of producing is about having control and you know influencing and she didn't want it influence you know as an actor she wanted to be able to let go of everything and just lose herself in the character and in the story that I wanted to tell and what was it like for you I mean your last project obviously was the farewell which was such an like intensely like, personal project what was it like to take on something, take on someone else's story, essentially? You know, I mean, when I first read Janice Y.K. Lee's novel, The Expatriates, um, the reason that I resonated so much with it is because I actually did see myself in so many of these characters. You know, um, you know, Mercy is Asian American. She is grown up in New York. She goes to Hong Kong as an expat, but no one sees her as an expat. They get, they're very confused. They're like, are you a local? Okay. No. Oh, you're Korean. I get it. And she's like, no, I'm actually American. And so seeing that character in a, in a, in a world like this, it's, I haven't seen that before, right? Exploring, um, Asian diaspora around the world. Um, and then, you know, the privilege of the Margaret character and Hillary character. These are people that I also know, because often when I go back to Asia, it's with uh, Westerners. You know, I studied abroad um, in, in Beijing. And when I went back, people were like, what's your relationship to all these white people? Are you their translator? <laughs> I was like, no, these are my classmates. We're all here together. I'm also American. And so um, 
I just felt like I could um, connect with both sides of it, both as a, a Chinese immigrant who grew up in America, but also then going back as an American expat. There's, yeah, there's so many things going on in this story, isn't there? There's so many sort of themes. I mean, one thing that I really responded to, perhaps having gone to Catholic school, is this theme of guilt, you know, is that there's like a, it's a really sort of resonant theme. I mean, was that something that was felt very, very potent for you? Yeah, you mean specifically with mercy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just found um, that element of it really intriguing when I read the novel, this um, perspective of the perpetrator, of somebody who calls themselves a perpetrator. Um, and that was the intrigue part of it, the mystery, the dark. There was a, a darkness um, that ultimately carries us the arc of it is going from this darkness to light. And so for sure, there's several like religious like threads in there, um, including um, a married couple who struggles with how to deal with grief and they both have their own ways. Um, and whether that's, you know, to look towards religion or to be actually very against looking towards religion. Um, but yeah, but ultimately I did want to, you know, portray a sense of, uh, of of finding grace somehow, whatever your method is, whatever your path is, um, of how to go from this darkness to light. How did you find the adaptation process? Because this is, uh, like you say, it's it's taken from a, from a novel. Like, what, how did that translate into six and a half hours of TV? I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I highlighted, circled um, a lot of the stuff that resonated with me, but we were tremendously fortunate to have just like a, an incredible room of writers, including Janice Y.K. Lee, who wrote the novel and having her perspective in the room was incredible because she's, you know, this is the world that she created and she's lived. Um, and then um, Alice Bell as well um, is, is somebody who was developing the projects very early on with Nicole. Um, her family are uh, for many, many years were expats in Hong Kong and through them, she experienced that life. Um, and there's a lot of Australians also in Hong Kong and yeah. she's Australian and with a lot of Australians on our um, show, not just Nicole. Um, and Vera Miao, um, who's one of my best friends, as well as just this incredible genre writer-director, um, Taiwanese-American who was born in Guam, and Gersimran Santu, who's um, a Sikh-American. Um, and so just, and they all, we all brought our own experiences and traumas and, and perspectives. And it was also wonderful when we disagreed, because I think that when we disagreed, when you're in a room... You know, oftentimes in in life, if you disagree, you're just like, I'm not talking to this person or, you know, I'm going to mute them on Twitter or whatever, you know, you do. But like in a room, you have to work through that and come to a storyline that you can all agree. At least that's how I run my rooms. Um, I wanted everyone to ultimately support the story we were telling. And um, so it was wonderful to kind of talk through our different perspectives and ultimately figure out how to put um that into the story yeah and then when it came to shooting how how was the shoot i mean i imagine a huge operation like you say six and a half hours and you're filming on location in hong kong uh yeah. like it, it seemed like at times like 
kind of organized chaos it must have been? Uh, yeah, we were shooting in Hong Kong during a global pandemic. So, yeah, you can imagine <laughs> um, uh, a lot of moving pieces. You know, we have the storm episode. And so it was like trying to just pray to the weather gods that we got rain for the rain scenes and sun for the sun scenes. And it, it, it didn't always happen that way. Um, but, you know, it, it still felt like an indie film to me, even though the the resources we had were tremendous. And but we had to be scrappy so often on set, you know, um, and I think that's my team. I brought my entire team from The Farewells, my cinematographer, um, Anna Francesca Solano and my production designer, Young Ak Lee. And so we just um are so hard on, you know, these women are so hard on themselves. They're often like, this is such a huge challenge. And they just really rose to the challenge. And I loved seeing them rise to the challenge and be able to pull off sets and 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 at a scale that they had never done before. Yeah. You really get a sense of the the place of Hong Kong. I mean, did you get a chance to like spend time there, explore it as you know, just a, a yeah. tourist? Um, we were there for almost a year um, between like the research period, location scouting um, and the shoot. Uh, so yeah, we really, we tried to just be locals as much as we could, but obviously, you know, there was also an awareness that we were expats, right? Because we were in a bubble, both the bubble of production as well as just all of the 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 hotel we were staying at, the you know, so it's impossible to kind of really truly be a local. So the most the most, but you know, on weekends I would have my assistant take me places, and that was always fun. Um, but it's it's an incredible city. Yeah. Did I did I read somewhere that you had you hosted like bubble tea parties or something like that? <laughs> I think it wasn't a party. We just drank bubble tea. Okay. I mean, I think that um, you know everything like the stories become larger than life. Sure, yeah. But that was actually in Culver City in our writers' room. Okay. That to kind of get in the Hong Kong spirit, we would just walk down the street and go get bubble tea. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 a you know I'm a beverage person. You know I'm like when when I when you see me writing, I've got like four different beverages at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite bubble tea flavor? Is there one that particularly stands out? Um, I'm just you know classic Hong Kong milk tea. Yeah. You know with the with brown brown sugar uh, boba. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. <laughs> I wanted to ask because you know, obviously, you come from the film world, and uh, this this TV show is very cinematic, but it is a, a TV show, and you know, unusually, with as we speak, where it's it's being screened at London Film Festival on a big screen. I don't know what did you approach it like a film, or did you think of it in more TV terms? How did you think of it? I think that you know, I approached it like a film in the sense that we shot it all. We shot it like a film, right? Like we, we were crossboarding, we were shooting like in this location, and so we were jumping around, shooting scenes from this episode, shooting scenes, so all out of order. And um, but I. So that in that way it was like a film, but then in other ways the way it it was like the only time I really thought of it as a TV show was like in in that it had to be chapters, right? So each episode was its own chapter, and it had to work on its own. 
but it also had to work as part of a whole, particularly episode five, right? It's not a standalone film. People are going to have to watch it in the context of these six episodes. So I didn't want to make it feel repetitive in information that people already gathered from previous episodes. But then I also wanted to screen it at festivals where people had not seen the other episodes or earlier episodes. So I had to make sure there was enough information that to orient the audience in the world. Mm. Do you, did, did you like it? I mean, would you come back to doing more like long form storytelling? I think so. I mean, it felt like a novel, you know, in many ways it felt like writing a novel. And I really love um, the ability to jump perspectives and play with form in television. Like we could just have bottle episode and do this and completely surprise audiences by where they're going next, as opposed to picking up exactly where we left off before. Well, whatever you do next, we always look forward to your your work. Um, Thank you, Lulu. That was John Nugent and Lulu Wang. Shall we move on to the world of news? We've covered the Emmys, but what else has happened? Boyd. The BBC put out a picture of Jenna Coleman from her new show. That was my gonna, news. Was that your news? No, go you, on. you do it. Jenna Coleman, she's going to be um, in BBC's The Jesse, a four-part series about a fire tearing through a holiday home in a scenic Lancashire town. Um, she plays Detective Emma... Ember, sorry, Ember Manning, um, who must work out how it connects to a podcast journalist investigating a missing person's cold case and an illicit love triangle between a man in his 20s and two underage girls. Correct. It looked bit, I think I think she's got very good um, uh, taste. face. No, and that, yeah. Jenica, I think she does good stuff generally. Like she, mm. picked, she picked, she's picked good things to do since she left Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. There's loads of cast, White Lotus mm. casting news. I mean, this has been drip, drip, drip drabbing. But, but, but some good casting this oh, week. We brilliant. had Walton Goggins. Yeah. We had Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah. What? Uh, and Amy Lou yes. Wood. Amy Lou Wood, best of all. Storming people. Yes. So we've got, they've got, they joined, as you say, previously announced cast, um, Jason Isaacs, Leslie Bibb, Michelle Monaghan, Parker Posey. I mean... Remember my prediction that Jason Isaacs is going to be the hotel manager? <laughs> yeah, I know you're gaslighting me, Kate. That was my, that was my prediction, everyone. His groundbreaking was, prediction from a few weeks ago. <laughs> Take the piss out of that. He may not be. Like, anyone could be the manager of the hotel. Walton Goggins could be the manager of the hotel. It's not. It's going to be know. Jason Isaacs. Well, you were saying that. We'll see. Anyway... What a fucking cast. Fantastic. I mean, literally, now, he could ask anyone to be in this show, couldn't mm. he? Um, Mike White, the creator and uh, writer of the show. And ev- everyone will want to do it. It's such, it's such a brilliant thing to be part of. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, HBO and Max Content Chairman Casey Bloys apparently has alluded to the fact that there will be a third season of Big Little Lies, which I'm delighted about. Um, this comes on the back of um, Reese Witherspoon telling Variety that we are working on it. Nick and I have been working on it a lot. Um, but yeah, so it looks like it's definitely going ahead. So that's another one that there's been a big gap. We need um, we need them to hurry the fuck up. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, completely. One thing that did tickle me a little bit is... <laughs> is this story. news or is this like your weekend plans? You, yeah. It's not a weird news, sex thing. It's the, that uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss uh, of Game of Thrones fame were talking to The Hollywood Reporter and they were asked what they would change about Game of Thrones if they could do it differently. And they isolated one thing that they would have done differently 
I'll give you a thousand pounds if you guess what it Ooh. is. Well, on, the, the, the one thing that changed about Game of Thrones. The one thing they would do differently about Game of Thrones. You're not going to guess it, so I'm just going to tell you. Give me a thousand pounds. It's not going to help, Boyd. Uh, okay. Whatever it is, you're not going right, to guess. All right. They wish they'd brought back Maud the Jailer. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. Maud the Jailer, who's the jailer in the airy that uh, Tyrion Lannister pays off to get out of his sky cell. Uh, they thought that he should have come back. And the point is that there is a uh, scene in a tavern later on. And they thought Maud should have been the tavern owner and now be a small business owner wow. based on the money that he got from Tyrion. And this is the thing that they would have changed. Let me just leave that with you there. That is absolutely brilliant. It is mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, in other news, Kate Heron. The wonderful Kate Heron, yes. who directed, uh, among other things, Doctor Who. Yes. And uh, Loki is going to be working on The Last of Us Season 2. Oh, yeah. So good. that is exciting. While we're talking about The Last of Us Season 2, there were lots of rumours this week uh, or excitement that there might, you might get a Bill and Frank spin-off show. That is not happening. That has been shot down. Craig Mason has said, no. There will not be <laughs> more he, Bill he and Frank. He hasn't just said no. No, he doesn't say no. No. Kenneth, he turned into Kenneth Williams. <laughs> yeah. For some yeah, yeah, <laughs> Oh my God. No, no, no. Wowie. Yes. Never go full Kenneth Williams. I don't think I ever... Um, did I ever do the, do the in news that Kobe Enthusiasm, the, the final season, is starting the start date of it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So it starts... On break it now. On, um, it starts in, in, in America on fourth Sunday the 4th, here on Monday the 5th on Sky Comedy and I am going to say at this point I can I can officially announce that I've interviewed Larry David <gasps> well I don't know why I'm gasping because I obviously knew this we but know. we yeah. it's very rare that Boy gets super like you know no you get excited about stuff I, you know that was the caveat you do yes. but you don't get nervous about things and you were like nervous because obviously you yeah. just like love Larry nervous and he's, yeah, yeah. It, there, there are a few people in the world as I would say mm. I would rather interview than Larry David, yeah. Literally like Bob Dylan, mm. <laughs> um, you know, Elvis Costello. Uh, it's like a handful, I would say. Yeah, Thierry Henry. Um, I know you can't tell us too much, but did Kate he Bush. live up to your expectations? <laughs> he completely lived up to my expectations. I was at, I was really, because he's such a, obviously the character of Larry David in the show is this exaggerated you know, curmudgeon, curmudgeon is that the right word? Kind of difficult guy. He's a difficult guy. That's mm. the whole point of the show, you know. Tricky character. Tricky character. And so I was like, you do, and he, and he himself talks about how the character is what he would like to be like in, in you know, in real life and how much of him there is in, in the character. So you're just slightly, I was daunted by this iconic figure um, talking to him, but I had like 45, 50 minutes with him on the Zoom and he was a delight. He was absolutely delight. He was like, he was just so um, funny and nice. He, uh, he was exactly as I expected you know, on, on, if it was going to be a good mood and funny and he's enough like the character to be really, really funny all the time. So, you know, he's, he's like constantly saying just every little aside, um, you know, it, it was, was brilliant. So, and he just, you know, I got to ask him, like, what's your favourite episodes and all that. Just stuff that you'd really genuinely want to know if you're a Curb fan. So, yeah, so that will, you'll see that at some point soon somewhere. Yeah, so it was one of the highlights of my entire life. Oh. Was interviewing Larry David. Yeah. Imagine when that email came through. 
from saying, do you want to email? I was like, I tried to be calm. Yeah. I gave it like, I gave it 30 <laughs> seconds before I replied. Yeah, no, absolutely, totally lived up to it. I got a self, I got a Zoom self at the end. I said, you know, do you mind if I could take a picture, a, a screen grab of us, you know, doing the Zoom together? And he went, no, no, of course. And so I did it. And then he literally went, I don't think I was smiling in it. So do you want to do it again? I was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Just like, do it. And then I go, just, just, he smiled in the end. So yeah, the whole thing was, was a dream. But presumably you're going to demand that they give you the video of the entire interview so that you can have it yeah, for posterity. Well, I, haven't, I haven't as yet demanded. But you should. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's bits of it that are going to be embarrassing because, you know, just me saying, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. But that was it's brilliant. a Curb Your Enthusiasm interview. Surely those are the best bits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm. There's yeah. no shame in it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've gratuitously uh, mentioned that in the news section. But there, the news is, yeah, I mean, February 5th is the final. And it is the fi- He was very firm. Spoiler alert. Not even spoiler alert. But he, I, I asked him repeatedly if this is it's definitely going to be the what final number season. 12. This is the 12th season. Yeah. 12th and final season. It's had a good run. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to not watching it. Right? Have you uh, never watched? Have you never watched? You any kids of it? cringe. You know I have. Like we've reviewed it on the show, yeah. and like because it is super cringe. Oh, it's uh, the it's, ultimate. Yeah, cringe. exactly. It's like it it's, is. It's like torture yeah. for me. It's yeah. actual torture for me. And he literally was talking about how he he cannot get enough. The things that he finds funniest are the cringiest, <laughs> most <laughs> difficult, oh, no. awkward, no. painful no. moments. No. He loves it. And it's, it. And it, and it's so infectious. The love of that. Yeah, it's funny how yeah how it's almost. Dis- yeah. To be your it causes me physical pain. But didn't we force you to watch it? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've watched no. a few. Yeah, and each one has, yeah. has, has yeah. made me die inside. That's brilliant. Is there yeah. any other news? No. Unveiled first look pictures at a comedy adventure series coming called the Completely Made Up Adventures of Dick Turpin, starring oh. Noel Fielding and also Hugh Bonneville. Do you know what? I've seen clips from that. I went to an Apple good? Yeah, event at the, at the Apple HQ in, in uh, Battersea, and it looked really, really good. Well, Incredible cast. I know, yeah, before Christmas. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Well, no, I'm saying I'm, to Apple. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they can't invite everyone. Um, <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute, Darren. Please play the prick collection. Can we? Can we just say? Can we just say this week that Kay got a screener before either of us? Oh yeah, what was that? Oh yeah, what was it? Um, She did. Yeah, it was one of the shows reviewing. It was Trigger Point. It was Trigger Point. We were like, I was like, oh god, I haven't got the screener. Boyd, if you got Boyd, I haven't got screener. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get to the end of the week. And Kay was like, I've had it for days. No, I didn't say that. I did say I won the dick swinging competition and sent an aubergine because that never happens. It never happens. But yes, ITV um, sorted me out yeah. for you guys. They hooked you up. They did a little That was wheel. exciting, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> that was. There was a talking of Apple. There's that. So they did talk about the uh, Dick Turpin um, thing, which is called the completely made up adventures of Dick Turpin. Which I literally said. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I know. right. Oh, sorry. I did. did I thought you were doing that title thing where you're not believing me when I say a title. <laughs> well, I that as well a little bit. Um, did you talk through the cast? I said Noel Fielding and Hugh Bonneville. Mark Wooten, mm-hmm. Tamsin Gregg, Asim Chowdhury, uh, Mark Heap, Joe Wilkinson. It's an A to Z of current kind of comedy people, British comedy people as well. But they also showed had the trailer for their fashion um, drama. Ooh. Yeah, do you know you know about no. this thing? Yeah, yeah. this is Juliette Binoche as Coco Chanel. Oh, wow. And Ben Mendelsohn as Christian Dior. And it's called The New Look. And that's on uh, um, middle of February. We're reviewing this soon, James, almost certainly. So it's another high fashion show, haute couture by the uh, end of drama this, for sports. High sewing. Yeah. By the end of this year, James will be in couture. And it, will well, I? Mm-hmm. And all I'm saying is, if they're going to portray 
um, either of these people as tortured geniuses are really horrible to their staff <laughs> about every single fucking little thick detail of their dresses, then I'm going to be furious. Yeah. Heard it here first. Well, on that note, I believe that's the end of news and time to move on to the reviews section. Uh, and first up this week, we have Griselda which is Netflix's biographical drama about Griselda Blanco, the notorious cartel boss, and apparently the only person Pablo Escobar was ever afraid of. So who better to talk about this then than a woman scarier by far? <laughs> it's Kay Rivero. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> yes, as you say, this opens up with the um, quote, the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman named Griselda Blanco. Um, so says Escobar. And so immediately you know that this is based on real life um, and you're in for like this romp, like, drug-fueled, crime-laden, violent ride. And I think that Sofia Vergara, who plays Blanco, is really good in this. First of all, because the prosthetics and makeup are fantastic, right? So at first, I, you know, you almost don't recognise her because she's had so much done to her. Mm. And I read that actually Blanco's son in real life sort of complained that they'd made her too ugly. But yeah, I think Vergara really just goes for it. And I found it really interesting because, yeah, I knew nothing about her and you hear so much about Pablo Escobar. Um, and she was, like, known as the cocaine godmother who was this really ruthless, violent, like, drug lord who was a central figure in the Miami drug scene. And when we meet this character, she's basically... Um breaking up with her husband who is a drug trafficker and a bad one at that. She flees from Colombia to Miami with her kids and she's trying to find somewhere to live and, you know, you think she's going to go on the straight and narrow and she just wants to, like, get away from this incredibly violent, um, manipulative piece of shit husband and actually we find out very swiftly that she has smuggled out a co <laughs> was it a kilo of cocaine yep. um, of Colombia's finest and she wants to get rid of it so ostensibly you think you know she's going to shift this cocaine she's going to go on the straight and narrow but actually she's not she wants to establish herself but of course the people already there the um, Miami drug scene uh, the big wheelers and dealers of that situation just don't want her there and it's incredibly there's spectacularly violent scenes especially at the end it's, it's almost like comic how like violent it is um, but yeah I just I, I, I really enjoyed this and I just thought it was really interesting if you don't know who this character is and I think uh, Sofia Vergara particularly is the standout yeah it's Lady Scarface I mean that's what it is yeah <laughs> it's, it's uh, particularly because it's set in the 80s in Miami where, is it the 70s or the 80s? Uh, it starts in the 70s, goes through the 80s, mm. I think. Um, as, as I'm talking about the 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 Apuccino Scarface, not the not the original Scarface, but it's the and to, to down to I think there were shots in this. You know, I know I'm, I've said this. I'm obsessed with Brian De Palma as one of my favorite directors of all time. Tragically, not mentioned when in the Empire podcast when they went through all the best directors <laughs> like ever. I was like, why are they mentioning Brian De Palma? You fucks. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so Scarface, which is obviously one of his masterpieces, is all about gangsters in Miami doing cocaine, mm. and and so I think this is this is like she has, and and the story wise, this is you know how someone goes from nothing in Miami um, to um, a, you know a Latin American thrust into that world to becoming a drug in her case queen pin rather than a kingpin that he is, and so and, has, and she's ruthless, and right? Ruthless. And of course, that's the brutally whole thing. violent, brutally mm. violent. Mm. The vi so that's what I was going to say is that I think the way they did the violence, like there's a there's one amazing shot of a, of a I won't spoil it but that was like oh, that, I'm sure that is a Brian De Palma shot that they've copied and the whole look of it with you just naturally have a similar look of 70s 80s gaudiness mm. and drugs just 
just cocaine everywhere, like yeah, bars yeah. and clubs, apparently. <laughs> in any bar or club in Miami, you just yeah. sat there at the table snorting cocaine. I do think that there's a bloke who literally pulls out a key yeah. of cocaine and cuts it open and starts snorting it in the middle of a yeah. crowded bar. So that's just how it was. That's yeah. just how it was. That's yeah. a disco scene. The totally. 80s, man. Like, yeah. it was wild. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how it was. So I really enjoyed it. I, 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 I wasn't that excited about this, as you were talking very early, to how excited I get about stuff. So on the scale of how excited I am about a show, I you was not... Larry David excited. Right. So, Levels. you know, if Curb's at 11 out of 10 <laughs> or 20 out of 10, um, uh, this is, I was like not that bothered Same. about it. Because also from the, the Narcos I got quite bored with, even though every Narcos fans are very, very clear that, you know, that was a show that was always had a level of quality to it all the way through, all the way to, you know, to the kind of the sequels and the spin-offs and everything. And I'm sure that's true. I just got a bit bored with it. But this is really good. I mean, mm. I thought it was really, really good and very pacey. Yes, like, you know, it was. Yeah. yeah. Really well judged. And, and, and as I often say about stuff, within the first few minutes, you're like, you're absolutely within this world and you believe it. I totally believed mm -hmm. her character. Uh, I mean, I'm slightly off put by the prosthetics and it's a bit, it reminded me a bit of um, Bradley Cooper in Maestro, <laughs> where you know he's got a prosthetic nose. Yeah. And I'm like, you know she's got a prosthetic nose. It's slightly... I don't know if you know it as much. I just oh, think it's just because you know she's such she an looks... iconic figure in, fa in, in, in Modern Family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. I mean, if you like, didn't, I mean, if the you didn't know yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you didn't so know, you, right. you, you I'm, wouldn't. Right. My yeah. point was, if you didn't know who she was, yeah. the quality of it, you wouldn't uh, oh, know. Of course. Yeah. But because you do, I, I'm completely like, oh, it's 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 her from Modern Family with a nose, with a percent nose. So, yeah, Gloria. And she's fucking brilliant because this character could not. Gloria is such a frothy, funny, you know, carefree figure mm. in Bond Family. This is like the absolute opposite. She's completely ruthless, intense, and just kind of by sheer force of will thrusts herself you into this world of these men. And it is extraordinary how good she is in it. So I think it's I think it's I much, this... much better, much more exciting than I expected it to be. I love yeah. this moment when confronted by these arrogant dickheads and she just starts wielding a baseball bat and you just yeah, think, yeah, oh. don't mess around with yeah. her. She's not taking <laughs> yeah. any shit. Yeah. It's it's super gripping. Like yeah. it's incredibly gripping. It's the same with you, but I was a bit like, really, must I? Mm. I just I really didn't fancy it. And it did vastly, you know, go beyond my expectations. Like yeah. I was completely hooked. Yeah. by what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're right, the, the shocking violence is not the only show this week that has shocking violence. But, it's uh, been a very violent it week. It has been a violent mm. week, yes. There's been, it's been, do you know what, there's a lot going on in all three of the shows yeah. this week. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is really good. Really well shot. Just great. Yeah. And to give credit to Netflix, because I sometimes, you know, critical on Netflix of not publicising stuff, new stuff. And there mm. are, like, there, have, there are shows in that I still want to watch that haven't, that we've barely even told about in, yeah. in the world yeah. of Netflix yeah. that people are, readers, listeners are telling us about on a daily basis, which is fair enough. But they did go hell for leather with Griselda. They mm. had a big premiere, they had a big poster campaign, and, and they know this is really good. I think yeah. they, they've definitely, like, yeah, they've done the right thing by this show. Actually. And it's worth noting, it's, what would you say? Would you say it's 75% Spanish language? Yeah, yeah. Roughly? Say, yeah. I think it gets more as it goes on. I've only watched the first episode, but I've read Marisa. I think it gets more English language as she yeah. gets, she as her, she and the family. Yeah, because it's not a completely Spanish itself. language. Yeah, like, no, it's, no, yeah. no, no. It's, yeah, because she's dealing with Americans in Indeed. Miami as well. Indeed. Yeah, and apparently there's like yeah, I was reading. I, I actually will carry on watching it as soon as I can because reviews I've read in America have certain episodes coming up that are really big and bold and ambitious. Mm. Yeah, stuff. So it's exciting. Griselda then, which lands on Netflix on what day? Thursday. Boydie? Thursday seems to be the new Friday for Netflix. Thursday is the new the Friday. Yeah. Well, the big shows seem to start on Thursday these days. 
Next up, we have Sexy Beast, otherwise known as Boydie's Gamertag. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is Paramount series, which acts as a prequel to the 2000 film and stars Stephen Moyer, Eamon Elliott, Stara Green and James McArdle as a bunch of London gangsters, the same people, in fact, played by the likes of Sir Ben Kingsley and Ray Winston in the original film. Uh, and in this one, they're undertaking a high stakes job to steal a coin. Boydie, you sexy beast, you. Uh, <laughs> Did this heist drama steal your heart? Um, very good intro, by the way, James. <laughs> very, quality quality level of jokes and puns in that intro. Well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the film, of the original film. I think Jonathan Glazer's film came out in 2000, 20 fucking four years ago. That's a long time. That makes me feel really old. Yeah. I remember seeing the preview of that like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, and the famous thing about, sexy, but among many famous things about it, is that image of Ray Winston in his yellow Speedos, Speedos mm. sunbathing, oil, oiled up in <laughs> The, as a Spanish expat and they def, they, the opening scene I won't spoil it has a very clever take, spin on that which is not quite what you expect so they they acknowledge right from the off um, that this is what's weird though it's right it's, <laughs> this is set that was came out in 2000 yep. and, and the this is like the younger version of those characters yep. but it's in the 90s it's, yeah set, so it's set like, in like the mid to late 90s yeah. so it's basically them at the age they are yeah, in the film. Exactly. Yeah. But they look completely different yeah. and much younger. Yeah. And they behave much younger as well. Like yeah. they're just so th- I think I mentioned this last week, didn't I? But <laughs> actually watching it through, it is a bit weird that so much younger people and completely different looking people are playing the same characters. But go with it. You go with but it. But also fair play to Eamon Elliott because he's stepping into Ben Kingsley's yes. shoes in oh, that particular film. Right. And what part of what is absolutely brilliant about the original film, apart from Jonathan Glazer's incredible direction and the style of it and the and everything about it, it's just beautifully kind of delineated. But the cast was brilliant and Ray Winston was fantastic. But as you say, Ben was one of Ben Kingsley's absolute best performances. He's terrifying as he's like an embodiment of psychotic mm. gangsterism. And he's so good in it. He's really, really scary. Um, as you say, Eamon Elliott does a really good job of kind of acknowledging his his acting style and his characterization of that person. James McArdle's, but they're all good. James McArdle's gal and Raymond's character is, is very good as well. But he's a, a kind of more, he's the everyman figure. I liked got, his character. Yeah, he's, he's he's good. Sarah Green, who we love generally as Dee Dee. She's ace, yeah. bad sisters. Yeah, and in, in the um, film, she's referred to as an ex-porn star. And we see her embroiled in the yeah. porn world very much in this series. And she wants to become like a porn entrepreneur. Entrepreneur? Entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. I do love an entrepreneur. What kind of scenario? <laughs> You're picking me up on my. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On a mistake. But do you know what the best thing about this is? Darren will have cut mine out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she's a businesswoman yes. who wants entrepreneurial to entrepreneurial in many yes. ways. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an episode of Gaslighting Boys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She wants to direct and star in her own porn films, and she's finding that difficult to to, uh, make that happen. But there's Stephen Moyer plays Teddy, who was the character played by Ian McShane in the film. And he's so there's kind of like a lot of people, characters this, who are on various levels of psychosis. Yes. He is really sick and horrible and I actually had to warn James about a scene of sexual violence that takes place in episode two and I yes. won't say more than that but his character and it is fucking shocking I tell you I don't oh, really? do you watch episode two no I only watch one it is, they, I mean it's, this is full on I should say and I think it kind of has to be in a way because it's you know the, 
the, the, it's all about the how people become ruthless, nasty, sometimes sickening psych- psychos in this world of in the world of of gangsters, basically, and crime. And so I think it's 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 valid. I'm not I'm not criticizing that, but it's definitely a lot. I would you, you know you really have to kind of gird your loins for some of this stuff. So it's, it's really, really violent. But the character that was most incredible in this whole thing is... Tamsin Gregg. Yeah, it's yes. the character of, of Don's sister, Tamsin Gregg. Cecilia, who's not in the film. And she is this maniac. She's, again, in the kind of top three psychotics in the series. She's maybe number one. And normally, uh, you know, it, normally I'm kind of resist prequelitis where they try and explain characters that you've you've grown to like. So this tries to explain the Ben Kingsley character from the film why he's such a nutter. And I use the word <laughs> advisedly, and it's all about her, his her his sister being insane and horrible to him and controlling in the most. Oh, she's of, vile. She is vile. She's got a good she, line in creative insults, though. She really yeah, has. Yeah. Her dialogue is amazing. But just Tamsin Gregg, the lovely Jewish mother from yeah. Friday Night Dinner, <laughs> transformed into from an episode from yeah. Black Books. Horror. Yeah. It, just amazing casting. She was one you of my favourite things. Whoever about cast this. her, yeah, completely. But whoever's decision it was, the idea it was, to cast her in this role deserves an award deserves a BAFTA because you'd never in a million years think of her but she's fucking brilliant in it absolutely brilliant in it and I bought into this the idea of, of their, there's even flashbacks to their childhood with her and, 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 yeah. and the um, and, that, and the character of Don and I wonder if I'm like mm, is that re- it's a bit simplistic but I'm like yeah okay you know but there has to be some explanation of what, why he is who he is and, um, and they go for it so bottom line is as a huge fan of the film I was I, I enjoyed this I think it's as good a as good an attempt as you could do if you're going to make a new spin-off but prequel to a classic piece of filmmaking then this is my, kind of the way to do it i thought it was it was it was good i also enjoyed this and i haven't seen the film so i had no uh. reference but i really liked Tamsin Gregg as we've discussed and more importantly it was the chemistry between sarah green's yeah. character dd and um gal played by James McArdle, that I just thought was so electric. I just wanted to watch... I could watch the whole thing. If it was just on them, I would just absolutely I lap agree. it up. I agree. It was so good. Yeah. That where they meet and then they talk all I know, night. and they're just, just talking yeah, and totally they just like that. totally get each other. It was... Um, I thought that was fantastic. And he's engaged to, to another woman. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah, got yeah, a husband yeah. or a boyfriend yeah. or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, details. Yeah, um, yeah no, very important details. Um, also, Paul Kay from Afterlife. Um, he was great in this. And I couldn't... I couldn't place him. I kept going to Boyd, where, 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 who, who is he? Mm. And he was like, oh, this, you know, he's in um, Afterlife. It's what is Thoros this? of Mir, the Red Priest. And that, yeah. That, and who do you play in Afterlife? Was he there? Well, he's the shrink in Afterlife. Yeah, the, first, it was the, the awful shrink. Series. Yeah, the yeah. terrible shrink. Yeah, the lad is shrink. Yeah. You just wanted to go out for him on the piss all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot and I, and I also loved the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack was good. Yeah, soundtrack was it's, it's, it's a lot though that's mm. like the violence is not to be taken lightly no. like it is no. it is quite a lot it's almost just a little bit too much for me to be honest the violence in mm. this like it's it's because it makes it's quite that. stressful it's quite uncomfortable oh, like, and you haven't, you haven't way, seen episode two yet yeah and that, that were quite and, but the thing is that's part of its effect isn't it that you are always in you're always uncomfortable in your seat like you're always ever so slightly on edge because you're not sure what is or could happen next mm-hmm. because these characters are all so volatile and so unpredictable and so psychotic. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, re- it's, it's really gripping. Yeah, mm. Good stuff. We're in agreement. A very sexy beast then. This one comes to Paramount Plus when boy. Thursday as well. Thursday, Thursday as well. Big Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Finally this week, we have Trigger Points, which returns to our screens after an... Ahem, 
explosive first season in which uh, Vicky McClure's bomb tech Wash foiled a plan to blow up London. Kay, mm. is this a dynamite second season? It is. And I've got to um, just say, I actually didn't watch the first season, so I've got nothing It's really to- good. <laughs> it's really good. I watched all of it. Albeit late. It, I, I think I watched it last year, as I recall. I went through and watched, uh, watched it all. So, yeah, I loved it. I need to ca- it's made me want to catch up on the first it's series. Um, it was... Tr- 2022's best performing drama, apparently. So, yeah, it's obviously very, as you say, explosive. A lot happened in the first season. Don't worry if you didn't watch it, though, because um, there's a handy recap at the beginning of the second series, which um, I thought was really good. And as you say, uh, Vicky McClaw is Lana Washington, an explosives officer um, in the Met Police Bomb Disposal Squad, who um, got into all kinds of hairy situations in season one. In season two, when we find her, she's just been on a secondment in Estonia, um, training Ukrainian expos. And she's now back home giving talks to financial companies about terrorism when, in the background, there's a massive explosion. Um, It's at a power plant, which she... um rushes to. She's not on active duty yet, but she's the closest. So of course she goes uh, to attend the scene and has to disable an IED, which is uh, attached to the gate um, because the fire is um, raging and is going closer and closer to the transmitter. Is it transmitter? Transporter? Something? The something. Um, transmitter. Is it transmitter? don't think no, it's a transformer. transformer. Oh, it's a power transformer. station. Yeah. Oh, transformer. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, getting, he's getting a bit snooty. Uh, it's a transformer. Agreeing with you, Kate. No, no, James is oh, getting oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not all lash out each other. God, a lot of lashing out. <laughs> no, but he was being uh, snooty to you. It is Apologies a Apologies for my snootiness. Yes. Um, snooty McGooty. So the transformer inside, the fire's raging and um, the fire brigade needs to get in, but um, obviously needs to get through these gates. So she has to um, deactivate and sort that situation out. But you are just retelling the entire episode. Yes, I point. know. But it's very it's very complicated. And basically, so... It's <laughs> a different word I was going to use then. And it wasn't Snooty Magooty. Um, there's a lot. What I love about this is that it's so fast-paced and there's so much that happens in this first episode. And as well as like being, you know, the logistics of trying to sort the situation out and stop everything from going kaboom, it's the fact that she's back with her old team. Yeah. A lot's happened that I can, you know, gather, even though I haven't seen the first series. And and also her ex is there. And it's about that dynamic, which I found really fascinating, especially because it's so wo- like interwoven with this kind of explosive situation, literally. Yeah. Her ex played by Mark Stanley of um, Happy Valley fame. Yes, yes. yes. Do- yeah, yeah. Dodgy Happy Valley yeah. and of Game of Thrones fame yes. as well. Yes. Um, so the, I found this very enjoyable. There's something inherently gripping and stressful <laughs> about someone tinkering with something that could blow up. Like mm. fundamentally, yeah. like they've got the perfect high drama situation. And I will not spoil it, but one of the things that, that you feel about, yeah, oh, it's not going to blow up, is it? And they're like, well, actually, having seen season one, it really could do. So, yeah. you know, it, it, they, they don't mess about with this. So I think they established stakes with this show very early on. And it stayed with you. Like, you're on edge all through. And a lot happens in this first episode as well. Uh, things blowing up left, right and centre. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really stressful. I, I cannot wait. To watch the rest of this, I cannot wait. Uh, it's so much fun. Well, it's got the stamp of Jeb Mercurio, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it was created by Daniel Brilly, who co- co-writes, who wrote the whole of the first series and co-writes the second series with other writers. Um, but it's definitely got that stamp of Jeb Mercurio, mm. I think. Um, and it's got because it's his the brilliance of Line of Duty of all of his shows ever. Uh, giving him, I'm probably giving him too much credit, but I'm sure he gets involved in the in the storytelling and the script and looking at the scripts, etc. Is that it, 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 the pace is so frenetic and 
anyone can die any minute, as, as you were alluding to, James, in, mm. in the situation where they're... And in this first episode, there are so many <laughs> bombs on there, IEDs <laughs> of all different kinds, things you can step on, things that are bombs that are being flown around in drones, uh, bombs that have been planted, you know, it's like every two... It's like yeah. everything, Bobby, Bobby ev- McBombface. It is Bobby McBombface. Everything is blowing up. Yeah. yeah. And you're right, it, it, it's... In, but so they take that inherent tension in her job, in the situation, and ratchet it up yeah. to like almost it was borderline absurd. It was, it but, was in the way that the first, yeah. the first, first series I think it began in quite a grounded. Yes. I mean things still blowing up, yes. but grounded. This was almost like twenty four Yeah, it really was. Like, yeah, they've yeah. literally sat there and they're going, "How bombing can we make <laughs> yeah. the first episode of season two? What is the maximum bombage yeah. we can? Yeah, embody? and they've really achieved it, um, but brilliantly. And it's it's it's. I mean, it's, if you were Lana, you'd take it really personally, wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, gotcha. like the amount of stuff she's that's thrown at her. Yeah, she's been off helping people in Afghanistan, is it? To Ukraine. She's been yeah. Ukraine, Ukrainians. Sorry. Yeah. Helping, helping Ukrainians with their bomb issues. And she comes back and the whole of London <laughs> is like being bombed to shit by, by some weird, 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 mysterious people, kind of terrorist type people. Um, but but they, what they do very cleverly, again, it's very similar to Line of Duty, is without without kind of emphasizing the point they they interweave the what's happening in their lives mm. and it's just so happens to she you know her ex is a colleague um uh, that the Mark Stanley character and there's another guy who's a racist who kind of is trying to um you know kind of he was suspended and now he's back on duty. Yeah, and she's not happy. No, and she's try- he's trying to blatantly over-befriend a black character to show he's not racist. I thought that observation was really mm. clever. That he's literally, oh, I'm, I, he loves me now. I was like, does he really? No, he doesn't. You're still a fucking racist. So they, But they weave all of that stuff into the incredible excitement and thrill of the of the of the storylines very very cleverly and it, as as james says it's just it's really addictive isn't it it's yeah. like because it's, it's so fast moving mm. and people can pretty much anyone can die presumably except vicky mcclure basically yeah that or, or just, you know what you can't take it for granted there was a part of me thought will will they just kill her in the first episode oh, like yeah. Could have I mean, yeah, they could have done. You never it's, know. It's her show, though. I yeah. think Eve, that would be... Although I will say, also, like, I very much enjoyed, just like Lana, she's oh, mate, mate, how you doing, mate, mate, oh, mate, I'm oh, yeah, fine, mate, 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 yeah. mate. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of that. Totally. Uh, but yeah, it's great. And she's just phenomenal. It's a brilliant role for her. Everyone in it is really good, but she just, yeah, she. you are completely convinced that, as everyone keeps saying, she's the best. Mm. She's the one who can sort it all out, and, you know, yeah. And she, she, she is. Trigger point, then, <laughs> which comes to ITV on... <laughs> Thursday, damn it! Sunday uh, on on Sunday. Sunday, the thing of WhatsApp. <laughs> Sunday, the thing of WhatsApp. To get everyone you, nice and stressed yeah. before work on Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bommy McBombface yeah. then on it ITV. Not, yeah, it's not cozy Sunday night viewing. No. I have to say, no, yeah, but that is the slight Scott. That is true. Right, what else is on this week? Now, oh. we mentioned expats, Lulu Wang Show expats, which you heard about from Lulu Wang herself. Uh, that lands on Prime on Friday, but is embargoed, so we cannot cover that, unfortunately. Masters of the Air, mm. which is the big World War II huge. Air Force drama, huge thing, arrives on Apple also on Friday. It is also embargoed, but we will be covering that on this week's Pilot Plus. Uh, what else we got now? Boy, I know you were very disappointed that we didn't get to... Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we didn't get to... Re- 
review Masters of the Universe Revolution Season 2 on Netflix, which I know you were a big fan of uh, and were very upset about. <laughs> I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so I actually, you know, I did watch some of the first season because he makes that show, doesn't he? Or writes it. He's involved, yeah. Producers, he's involved, uh, yeah. Sky Witness also has Fire Country, which is that yeah, uh, police... Is that it's, fire procedure? Is it a fire engine procedure? It is, but it, it's it's um, prisoners. People have been in prison transforming their lives and becoming fire people. <laughs> I mentioned what? a couple of weeks ago. This is the this is the highest rated um, drama in American in the year in America last year because they showed it after the Super Bowl and so it had a massive massive audience. Yeah, and it's become like the big a big it, hit. So it's what hit. it's ex cons who become firemen. Become firemen. Yeah, and it's not a reality show. It's actually it's a, a drama. drama. <laughs> no, it's a drama. James. Yeah, yeah, right. That starts on Sky Witness. Is that what did you it say? Does. That on can Wednesday. I get a Sky Witness? Yes, yes. Um, the final of the tourists, the traitors, the tourists, the tourists, the final of the tourists, where Jamie Dornan faces off against. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the reason I made that mistake because the final episode of The Truist is on next Sunday. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. If you haven't caught up with it all on um, iPlayer, by the way. Right. But The Traitor's final is on next Friday. <laughs> how, how come it's over so quickly? How yeah, many episodes have you had? It's only, it basically runs for four weeks, three episodes a week. That's not much. No, I, I, I agree, but that's is that good. Not, is that not too little? No, because it's it, every episode is big, is full of stuff, yeah. So it's If like, I know it was only four episodes, I would have considered <gasps> watching it. Oh my God. James, come on. No, You've four got to... weeks. Yeah. Three episodes a week. Oh, it's three a week? Yes. Oh, week. fine. I thought it was one a week. No, I'm no, 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 no. three episodes a week. No, it's on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, fuck yeah. that. Right, yeah. So it's enough episodes. Yes, Teddy. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Guys, listen. Oh. Breaking news. While you were just um, talking, I thought, let me just see about the review situation, you know, because I knew you were going to do a little bit of a shout out for it. In the last two days, we've had six reviews. Wow. It's work. The nagging is work. Oh, I should mention, someone did point out, you can 100% leave ratings on Spotify. So if you ah. are not in the Apple ecosystem and yes. you do subscribe to Spotify... I don't think you can leave reviews, but you can leave ratings. Star ratings, yes. yes. And frankly, even if you have left us an Apple star rating, would it kill you to go and leave us a Spotify <laughs> one as well? I don't think it would. Basically, we want it all. We do. Yeah. We want all of these things. Uh, so if you did enjoy the show, if you did love it, please do go and leave us a five-star rating on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm. And to be fair, even if you didn't, please yeah. do it anyway. Uh, what is our pick of the week? I'm going to support Sofia Vergara. I'm going to go for Griselda. Okay. Boydie. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, I think that's the biggest surprise because, yeah, I think that's the biggest It's the biggest surprise. surprise. Yeah. I had the most fun with Bombie yeah. Bombface. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Although that said, who knows? It might be Masters of the Air. You have to wait to Pilot Plus to find yeah, out. True. Um, next week, on next week's show, we are going to be covering, I think, Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Prime, as long as it's not embargoed. Yeah. Uh, Black Cake is on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. And there are probably some other shows, <laughs> but there's nothing on the calendar because neither Boyd nor Kay have put shows in there. So. I don't like the calendar and I'm opting out. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> there's a witchy There's a witchy fantasy show called no. Domino Day on BBC Three. That you, Done. That, sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boyd. It's very James. Witchy very fantasy. James. Yeah. Boyd, there. why yeah. did you have to say it out loud? Well, because no, because we have to do it. We have to, yeah. We can't yeah. ignore it, Kay. It's going to be brilliant, Kay. Yeah. Witches. Fantasy. Glorious. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's it for this week's show. Thanks again. As we said, please do leave us a rating and, uh, yeah. And any questions or thoughts or feelings? <laughs> You're, the ending of this is as shambolic as the rest of the podcast. Yeah. This has been an unusually shambolic show, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think. That was partly me. I've got the, to... thing is, the thing is, our listeners may or may not be aware of the extent of the shambolism. Yeah, yeah. The fact that... Till till at the end of the year when, the when power, Darren does when, his blooper yeah, room. Yeah, the, the I lost fa- the power of thought at one point. Kay lost the power of speech. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We had to stop for a full... Like, must have been five minutes while Kay it, laughed hysterically. Yeah, so. I'll tell you what. It is going to be cut out the main bit, but I will just say that I got into such a bad situation that 
I couldn't. James looking at me put me off. So Boyd, I was forced to st- yeah. stand basically in the corner. Yeah, and Boyd was forced to stare at a wall. Yeah. So. Mm. This yeah. is this is this is the stuff oh, you're missing. Dear. Yeah. Quality entertainment. Amazing. Right. <laughs> For more of this fun, do join us next week. Until then, pilot out. <laughs>